This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello, and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Matthew Gordon, who is one half of a singer-songwriter duo called Chicago Mule. Matthew, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I have never been on a podcast. This is a, a fun new thing. Wow. Well, what a great podcast for you to jump into uh, because yep. you you have some upcoming gigs here in Door County, one of which will be this weekend, but you have some in August planned as well. And so if people are hearing from you for the first time, then uh, this will give them a, a little bit of your backstory, you and your partner Megan's backstory before they go out and actually see you two perform. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. So let's kind of start with with who you are and what you do. Tell me a little bit about Chicago Mule, and then we'll, we'll kind of go back and we'll we'll kind of work from the beginning about how you two met and, and kind of started that. But but give me your, your elevator pitch of, you know, what your band is and, and what you guys do. Sure. So we are a cover band. We play music of all different genres. Like you said, we are a duo, but we're also expanding into a larger band. And so we have some bigger band dates coming up. But for right now, we're still doing a lot of duo dates. We try to play any and all songs to keep people engaged, keep people singing along, buying drinks, etc. And so with that, we've made a pretty extensive set list with music of all different eras, all different genres. We try to have a little bit of something for everyone. Yeah, I was pretty surprised as I was looking through your YouTube channel just at some of the, the music videos that you've put up there. I mean, you're covering stuff from the Beatles to Taylor Swift and and pretty much everything in between. And mm-hmm. Megan, such a wonderful vocalist, just in the uh, the couple songs that I heard her singing on, she can really, oh, yeah. she can really rock out to to every genre it sounds like yeah she's very studied you know i i talk to her about vocals and i try to learn from her and she really doesn't just have a pretty voice she really knows what she's talking about and she really knows how to use different skills for different genres and it's it's continually impressive to me yeah that was clear just from listening to it so pretty much any song that you hear coming out of of you guys is going to sound you know, it's going to sound really good. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Oh, of course. Tell me a little bit about kind of your background and, and what genres you, you prefer, because I'm sure that, you know, though you cover the gambit, you've got some inspirations that you that you like a lot. Yeah, definitely. I grew up sort of listening to the typical bands that you might picture a young guitarist listening to. I learned just tons of ACDC on guitar and Guns N' Roses and Led Zeppelin and all the guitar hero bands. So I grew up listening to a lot of older music, classic rock, you know, stuff that my dad might show me. And then going to music school at Columbia College Chicago, they sort of, you know, expanded my my horizons and expanded my vocabulary and music taste. And, you know, I've listened to just about everything since then. You know, I've gotten into rap and hip hop and jazz and, you know, all kinds of stuff. But I think that personally, my roots are still very rock and roll. Whereas Megan sort of grew up, you know, she she's very influenced by sort of folk and pop, you know, things that maybe you would picture a vocalist typically listening to. And so when we came together, it was nice. We, we sort of had these different tastes and different strengths and skills that we could put together to get the, you know, wide ranging set list that we were striving for. I, I feel like having a broad music education 
really does help with that, like being able to pick up and play everything. Uh, it, it's interesting <laughs> that you talked about, you know, songs that your dad showed you. I don't know how old you are. I'm 29. My dad is in his 60s. So I definitely <laughs> had the same kind of like country rock upbringing with CCR and Leonard Skinner and that kind of stuff. Oh, yep. Yep. All that stuff. Yeah. My, my dad, uh, I'm 28 and my dad is exactly 30 years older than me. So similar thing. Lots okay. of Leonard Skinner lots of CCR, all that good stuff. Yep. And it's one of those things that I, I don't know if you appreciated at the time. I don't know if, if I did, cause it was always just kind of, you know, it's my dad's music. He plays it when we're in the car together. I didn't sure. dislike any of it, but, but growing up now and like one of my favorite albums ever is rumors from Fleetwood Mac. And that's something that my dad would play all the time. Probably didn't know at the time that it was going to be one of my all time favorite albums, but looking back on it, it's like, man, there's, there's such a, a history of music that I, I wouldn't know otherwise if it weren't for my dad showing me his stuff. And then my mom and my sister, my sister is 14 years older than me. And so I, my mom and my sister grew up on eighties music and loved Prince and mm. those artists. So that's kind of where my like musical vocabulary starts, Yeah, which is, is just, it's cool. I like, I like how, you know, I'm not 30 yet, but my, my musical vocabulary is so much older because I had so much passed down. And, and it's Definitely. one of those things where it's like my dad still listens to all that kind of stuff and doesn't listen to anything that came out past the 80s, basically. <laughs> um, and you start to think like, oh, yeah, old people love old music. But without them being stuck in that, you, you don't get to pass that on to the next generation as much. Right. Right. Exactly. And and man, you mentioned rumors. That's a great one to have had early on in life. You know, my dad did show me a lot of music and I think it was a little bit different for me because because I got so into music, you know, anything that had an electric guitar in it, I was pretty interested in. And at the same time, like I didn't know Fleetwood Mac growing up. I didn't know Prince growing up. There were a lot of bands that I still sort of had blind spots for that just nobody bothered to mention to me. Stevie Wonder is another one that comes to mind that, you know, even though I was really into old music and guitar based music, there were still bands that like, you know, I would get to, you know, 20 years old and somebody would show me rumors and I'd go, oh my God, who is keeping this from me? Yeah. Uh, you know, simply because, you know, that just wasn't what, what my dad listened to or, or, you know, my brother or anything like that. So, you know, it's, it's fun. Like I still, I'm still discovering things that fit within sort of what I would consider like my root inspirations, that sort of classic rock background. And yet I'm still able to like discover new things that don't really fit that mold. But man, yeah, Rumors is, is a great one. I think that's gotta be one of the best albums of all time. And I still didn't even hear it until adulthood. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I don't know if it's my favorite album and I don't know if I'd say it's the best album, but I will say it is a perfect album from start to yes. finish. Every song is incredible. You know, you mentioned kind of discovering music later on. I also really love when you find an artist from the 60s or the 70s for the first time and you're like, I can't believe that they were making music that sounds like this back then. Right. I remember that uh, Kate Bush got really popular again with Stranger Things, with uh, Running Up That Hill. Right. My I've sister, yeah, my sister had showed me Kate Bush a couple years prior and she showed me this song that she did called uh, Wuthering Heights. And I don't know if you've ever heard it, but like to know that that song came out in like, I think the late sixties or early seventies. And you're like, there's no way that this sound was happening then. And it didn't completely change the music landscape because it is, it is wild. So that, like, that's, that's my favorite part of the discovery of being like, whoa, I can't believe that like this thing that has reemerged in like the music 
culture has its roots back in, you know, some obscure band in the 50s. Like, I, I love that that feeling of discovery. Yeah, totally. And that made me think of this idea that, that pops into my head every once in a while when I'm looking for new music. Sometimes I'll go and watch interviews or look for quotes from musicians that I really love and look at who they're influenced by and where they get their style from. And that's been a really nice avenue for finding well, I want to say new music, old music, but new to me music. And, you know, I've discovered, uh, you know, that's how I started listening to like, I don't know, Jerry Lee Lewis or, you know, people like that, that um, I, you know, might not have been shown to me otherwise. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I had a weird experience uh, a while back. There was a Steely Dan cover band who came up here to the Door Community Auditorium. Oh, I've been going to Steely Dan lately. Yeah, so I, I too, was I, I was writing about them, and I was like, do I know Steely Dan music? And I started listening to music, and I was like five tracks in, and I was like, I can't believe I know all of these songs really well and had no idea that they were Steely Dan. Like, they just were yeah. part of my DNA, but I just didn't realize, like, oh, that's who this is. I know all of these songs from hearing them in the car with my dad or on his record player growing up, but, like, making that connection of, like, oh, wow, I like Steely Dan. I didn't even know it. Right, or maybe you hear it in a commercial or a movie or something like that. I mean, I I think by the time I knew the title of the song Reeling in the Years, I'd probably heard Reeling in the Years, like, a million times. Yep, yep. Just not known it. But, but yeah, like you said, it's just sort of part of your DNA. It's part of the cultural musical dna that we all grow up with right and uh man steely dan is like upsettingly tight they're so good i know it, it almost takes me out of it i'm like make make like one mistake just do something sloppy and then i'll enjoy this even more but it's it's really impressive how how great they are right i agree i feel like you and i could geek out about this for a lot longer but i want mm-hmm. to take a break and then when we come back i want to talk about kind of how chicago mule got started um i know that you're only a couple years on but you have kind of jumped into touring and you've you've got a, an interesting approach to booking and i want to get into all of that after the break cool sounds great this episode of the door county pulse podcast is brought to you in part by door county medical center Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwanee counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. Okay, we are back. So you mentioned that Chicago Mule kind of got its start in college. Kind of walk me through the like the first year of the band, how you guys came up with your name. I know that that's probably a question you guys get asked a lot. And just kind of walk me through how things were formed. Sure. So Megan and I both went to Columbia College, Chicago. She studied vocals and I studied guitar. We had one class together that actually for me technically wasn't even a class i didn't get any college credit for it i just volunteered to play guitar for the women's ensemble so we met 
at that class, but never hung out, never became friends, never really got to know each other, just sort of had a class together. And then actually it was a good few years after we had graduated that we reconnected. We we matched on a dating app. We matched on Hinge. And so I don't know if you know, we're, we're a couple. We live together. And so that's how we reconnected. And then probably, I don't know, maybe a year into our relationship, maybe a little bit less, we sort of both agreed like, yeah, let's let's work together. We've been doing you know, our own solo gigs, we've played with bands, we've done all kinds of stuff. And we both admire each other's talents and, and wanted to make something out of that. And so we decided, you know, we, we didn't really know what we wanted it to look like. But I knew that I was tired of doing shows and not making any money or doing shows that don't go anywhere or things like that. And so when we started this band, we said, you know, we're going to do this in such a way that we enjoy it, that we have fun, that we love the band. But, you know, I also don't want to do this for free. I'm tired of of playing the same few venues in Chicago over and over again. Let's get out and see if we can find our own audience. And so we just started, you know, we, we'd never done this before. We'd never really booked for a band. I'd maybe booked one or two shows in my whole life on my own. And so we had no idea how to do it. And we just started calling and emailing anywhere that we thought we might like to play just cold calls, cold emails, you know, hey, here's our band. Here's a couple quick YouTube videos that we recorded in the living room. Here's what we're trying to do. Here's what we offer. Let us know if you're interested. And to our surprise, people actually got back to us and said, yeah, you know, we'd love to book you. Some of them were for more money than we thought. Some of them were for almost no money. But we we tried to take everything that we could, tried to really grind and gain experience. And pretty soon we found our our schedule filling up more and more this year, you know, the, the summers are a lot busier for us than fall and winter. And this summer has just been even more booked than last summer. So it's, it's just been growing our schedule. Our show dates have been growing like crazy and we're very excited about that. So, Oh, you asked about the name as well. Well, well, before you, before you jump into that, I just wanted to say that, that that's great to hear that you guys are, are booking it, that things are working. Do you think that, that your approach do you think that that's typical of of young bands to just kind of jump feet first in and start calling everywhere? Because I guess from my perspective, it, it feels like it feels like maybe there's this this hesitancy to be like, oh man, how do I even get started doing this? But really, the answer is to just get started doing it. Is that what you guys found? Yeah, and I I definitely understand that fear of like I have no idea how to do this. And I think one thing that helped me overcome that fear was that I just got tired of doing things that weren't music, that weren't playing shows. And and that'll really drive you. I just didn't want to do anything else. And I didn't, when we started Chicago Meal, I had actually just quit playing with another cover band that had made me more money than I had ever made. And I just thought, man, I, I never want to do anything else ever again. I, I'm so tired of not playing shows. So if cold calling venues is not the right way to do it, then I will learn that on the fly. You know, if I call a bunch of venues and that doesn't work, then it's on to the next thing. If I email a bunch of places and that doesn't work, then it's on to the next thing because the only other option is to get a job that I hate. So, um, you know, I'm going to figure this out. And thankfully, Megan felt similarly, although she has a nine to five job that she actually really loves and she makes it work with both of them. But she felt the same way. She was tired of looking under other people, tired of not making money. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely identify with that fear, but we just decided, you know, if, if this isn't the right way to do it, then that'll, that'll become obvious and then we'll try a different way. Yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, 
it would be a lot easier if you could like slowly ease yourself into any life-changing experience. But I don't think that that's uh, realistic for most of these things. And I, exactly. I, I totally get when you're like, I'm fed up with this. I've got nothing to lose. I'm just going to follow my dream. Like I, I get that. Like I said, it'd be so much easier if it could be like, well, I don't want to do it until I know it's going to work. But, but jumping off that right. cliff, it's kind of the only right. way. Yeah. Yeah. And it was very scary. And it was at a time that, like I said, I had just quit a job. And so I didn't have a lot of money to invest in, you know, equipment and things like that, but we did the best we could. And I think part of what helped minimize that fear was, you know, if we only get three gigs a year out of this, then I guess that's three more than I had and I'll, I'll find something else to do, or, you know, I'll join multiple other bands. And as it happened, we ended up booking just a ton of shows and I didn't need to do anything else. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I think part of what helped me to be less fearful was, well, if this fails, then I'm right back where I am. It's not a big deal. Yeah. No, that's that. That's really great to hear. Okay. So the name Chicago Mule, it is not a drink. How did it come to be? I think this is kind of a fun story. Yeah. So it, it actually... <laughs> It, it is a drink and it also isn't. So I have had this note in my phone for years, I think since high school, of just band names that I come up with. Because anytime I've, I've been in a million bands and anytime you start a band, there's always this period of like, well, who's got a good band name? And we all try to come up with band names and they all suck. So anytime I think of a band name that, you know, at least is not horrible, I write it down in my phone. So when Megan and I decided to start a band, I went back to that note in my phone and I gave her a few options, and Chicago Mule was the one that we disliked the least, that we hated the least. And so we went with that, and that name, when I had written it down on my phone, it actually came from a conversation with a few friends where we were drinking mules, I think probably gin mules or Moscow mules or something like that. And we got to talking about all the different names for those drinks. There's a Kentucky mule for when you make it with, uh, with bourbon. There's a Tennessee mule for Tennessee whiskey and a London mules with gin and yada, yada, yada. And there's a million other ones. And I said, well, what if there was a Chicago mule? What would that be made with? And somebody said, well, a Chicago mule should be made with Malort because that's like our signature liquor, which I don't know if you've had Malort, but it's a running joke in Chicago. It's just disgusting. It's, <laughs> that's the point of it is they have leaned into this liquor and they know it's bad. That's how they advertise it. And they've just leaned into it. And it's become this thing in Chicago that, you know, that I, I don't know, hipsters drink or something like it's just a big joke. Sure. And so I thought that was funny. And I wrote that down as a band name. And sure enough, that's the one that stuck. But but I like how it ended up sounding it. It's got sort of a folksy vibe to it. It's, uh, you know, it's based on a drink. So it's it's sort of got this like party vibe to it, yet it's relaxed. So, you know, it's, it's worked out for us. Yeah, I, I think that that's great. And I, I like that it was a very pragmatic approach from you and Megan to just go through the list and figure out which ones that you want to do. It reminds me, me and my wife have two children and we both had ideas for their names going into it, but we never really sat down and had a conversation. So mm -hmm. we downloaded an app called Baby Names, and it's basically Tinder for baby names, <laughs> where you and your partner link your accounts together, and then you just swipe yes or no on names, and you, do, you can do 500 names, and it's only going to save the ones that you and your wife both say yes to. So oh, I love that. What a, what a purely millennial approach to naming a baby. I'm going to remember that when I have kids. Yeah, it works so well because all of the names that you liked that they didn't like, they were just gone. So you didn't even have to like fight over 
any right. names. You both just had to look at the names that you both already liked and pick from that. And I think we both did between the two kids, probably 500 names and narrowed it down to like a dozen. And wow. it, it was a really great way to be like, yeah, I actually do really like this name. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to remember that. Yeah. Very, very pragmatic approach to, to naming things because naming things is hard, <laughs> whether it be mm-hmm. children or bands, it's, it's hard to do. And with, <laughs> With bands, you also have to think about, like, is this another band somewhere? Because there's a billion bands out there, and everyone has a name. Is this something that, you know, if it takes off, can I, you know, can people Google me and find me easily? So is this this unique? Does it have, like, there's a lot of things that go into it. And I I like the story behind Chicago Mule. I think it's a a cool name. Definitely. And that was another selling point for us was that Chicago Mule – sort of passed the Google test where we tried to see if there was anything else, you know, let alone other bands, even just other companies or anything like that, that was called Chicago Mule. And there was none. I, I'm going to test this right now as I tell you to make sure that I'm not lying, but I believe if you Google Chicago Mule right now, we are one of the top results, which is, again, just a big selling point for that name. Yeah, I know that when I, I put you into YouTube, you were the first one to come up. So oh, you know, you're right next to a band called Government Mule. So... Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a great band. Uh, that's that's good company to be in. I like them. Yep, and like I said, you were first, so that's good too. Awesome. To kind of wrap up here, you have uh, a couple shows, like I had mentioned earlier. You have one this weekend. You have mm-hmm. some coming up in August as well. Tell me about uh, these shows that are coming up so people can come see you. Yeah, we're playing this Sunday, July 30th at the Cherry Hut. That's in Fish Creek. Yep. Then we're playing on August 5th at Door County Brewing Company. If the weather is permitting, we'll be outside for that one. Great. And then on August 6th, the day after, we'll be at Waterfront Mary's in Sturgeon Bay. All great places, all places that we've played many, many times before and that we love being at. Yeah, I know that uh, that you and Megan do have a Door County connection, so it's pretty easy for you guys to come up here and play. But I also know that you were just kind of walking into businesses and, and talking to managers and stuff like that. It, was that approach different than how you would take it like in, in Chicago or other parts of Wisconsin? Because uh, that, that does seem like a very Door County thing, just going in, being able to access the owner or the manager, number one, is hard to do in, in other places. Uh, but yes. just being able to be like, hey, can we play here and, and getting an answer right away. Is, is that similar to other places that you that you perform or is that something that you found is easier in Door County? You know, I never really thought about it. But now that you mention it, it, it probably was easier in Door County. I found it to be a sort of venue by venue thing more than a city by city thing. And so Megan and I have sort of learned to adapt quickly to whatever sort of person we get in touch with. For instance, you might call a place and, you know, the person who I'll say, is there anybody there that can talk to me about live music booking? I have this band that I'm trying to get some dates for. And they might just shout an email address at you and then hang up as quickly as possible. Or they might say, you know, yeah, my name's Jim. I'm the owner. Tell me about yourself. Where are you from? So there are all all types of different people that you might talk to. Like I said, I didn't really think about it until you mentioned it, but Door County has been particularly friendly. I don't know if that's why we ended up playing there more than anywhere else. I think the reason that we ended up playing there so much is because Door County tends to value live music a little bit more. They're willing to pay a little bit more. They have a lot of nice little places for us to play. But yeah, I mean, we did take quite a few weekends up there just walking around to different businesses 
One that comes to mind is Sister Bay Bowl, another one of our favorite places to play. We walked right up to the bartender and said, hey, can we play here? And she said, yeah. And I gave her a business card and she gave us some dates. So sometimes it works out. And then sometimes, you know, in Door County and elsewhere, we might call an email a thousand times and never even hear anything from anyone. So yeah. it really does vary from place to place. Well, that's cool to hear. We, we definitely do have a big live music scene up here. The, uh, the Pulse puts out a live music calendar every year. And the last couple of years, we've had to break it up into two separate issues because we just have so many different bands and performance dates throughout the summer that we can't fit it all into one newspaper. So yeah, we, we definitely do value live music up here. And there's been more and more venues and older businesses that have incorporated live music and, and businesses that specifically set up, you know, places for, for musicians to perform. And there's a lot of outdoor music now. So yeah, it's, that it, it's good to hear that, that even as, you know, a musician is trying to break in, it, it's fairly easy to just talk to somebody and, and get a couple dates. So yeah, that, yeah that's yeah, cool to hear. Yeah. Well, Matthew, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you think is important for folks to know? I want you to let people know where they can find you online and listen to you guys. But if there's anything else about your story or anything about your upcoming performances that you think people should know, let me know. Yeah, a couple of things. One, our website is chicagomule.com. You can find our information. You can find our social media. You can find our videos uh, right there on the front page if you want to hear us play. We are, like I said at the beginning of the conversation, we are expanding into a larger band while also keeping the duo intact. So we've been doing three-piece, four-piece, five-piece, six-piece shows recently, and we're trying to book more of those for any venues who might be interested in that. In addition, Megan is actually coming out with a single tomorrow. July 28th. So I think by the time somebody is hearing this podcast, it'll already be out. That's great. Megan Burback is her name. It'll be on Spotify. It'll be on Apple Music. It'll be on YouTube. It'll be on all the things. And it's called Where Do We Go? And it'll be followed by three more singles that will add up to a four song EP, which the whole EP was actually recorded in Door County at her family's cabin. Oh, wow. That's great. So lots of fun. I'm playing guitar on all of them. I play drums on one of them. I was there with Megan and our friends at Love Grove Studios. Yeah, we're, we're really proud of it, so we're excited about that. And other than that, we have all of our show dates up on our website. So if you're interested in coming to see us, please check out those tour dates and see when you might be able to come say hi. That's great. I'm really looking forward to listening to your uh, your singles as they come out. I will try to put a link to the single that's coming out on the day that this is released in the podcast description. So if you're listening to that, look for that link and you can listen to it right after this. Matthew, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. Can't wait to hear you guys perform throughout the rest of the summer and uh, can't wait to see where you guys go next. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.